Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, yeah. Uh, if I haven't met you before, my name's Tyler. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we are uh, continuing a series that we started a couple weeks ago called Neighboring. It's, we've added a little uh, ing to the end of the word neighbor. That n- neighboring is this active thing that, that we're called to. So um, we're talking about neighboring. And the, uh, the question that we're trying to answer in this series is, what if... Jesus meant that we should love our actual neighbors. You know, Jesus said the greatest commandment was to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. It's, it's the real answer. God, uh, Jesus said it's the greatest commandment to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then what? Love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus went on to say everything the whole law is wrapped up in those two commands. If you can just love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, that's the greatest commandment. So what that did is it changed the entire approach of reaching out for these pastors. Um, you know, instead of, instead of starting new programs at their church, they started figuring out, you know, is this just, are we wasting time here? Do we actually need to limit what we're doing so that people can be home and be good neighbors, that people can actually care for the people that live around them? And what it did was it started a neighboring movement in the city of Denver, and, and where people, it began to change the communities that in northwest Denver, where this group of, uh, group of pastors were from. So I know there's some tension uh, with this topic, and over the last couple weeks, we've tried to address those things. You know, often, often when we think of love, we like to think of this neighboring thing in, in, in a metaphorical sense. And so some ways, instead of looking into a way into people's lives, we look for ways out. Um, we, we find loopholes uh, in, as we read scripture um, to kind of justify our non-engagement of our neighbors. And unfortunately, when we do that, our communities uh, suffer. So this morning, what we want to do is call, call everyone back to the basics. Like this is, this is the basics of our faith. This is the basics of what, what we're supposed to do. We're, we're called to authentically love people uh, that we are around, our, our, our neighbors. You know, it's possible that, that we will get farther, that we'll be more effective, and that we'll make a larger impact for the kingdom of God if we just get this right. If we just get love your neighbor as yourself right. You could be more effective as a Christ follower if you practice loving your neighbor uh, than, than signing up for something new, than, than giving to a great nonprofit. And I used to be a director of a nonprofit. No one can replace you as the hands and feet of Jesus. No, no one can replace you. So with this in mind, I want to look at what Jesus says to his disciples in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. I believe that these verses have everything to do with what it means to love our neighbor as ourself. 
And it's, it's this small part of the famous Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus draws his disciples up to this mountaintop, and he basically explains this is how you live in the kingdom of God. And in the middle of it, he makes this declaration about his followers. He makes this declaration. This is what he says. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So Jesus calls his followers, he declares that his followers are the light of the world. You might notice that it's not you might be the light of the world, or you will be, or sometimes you are when you feel like it. No, he just says, you are. You are the light of the world. Now, that can, that can be a, a tough statement sometimes, because we don't feel like that all the time, right? We, we've got our own stuff, we've got... We've got our own pain that we're dealing with. And so to, for Jesus to declare, hey, you are the light of the world, uh, it, 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 sometimes it doesn't make sense. But, but that's what Jesus says. It's like, if you are my followers, you are the light of the world. So you know that Jesus lived in a time way before electricity, right? Hopefully you know that. Um, electricity wasn't around when Jesus was on the earth. Um, so that means all the light came from either the sun, or a flame. So, um, and if you've spent much time, maybe what we could relate it to, if you've spent much time way out in the country, or in the back country, or, you know, just in a really rural place at night, it gets really, really dark. It's really, really dark. Um, every summer, my family and I take this trip um, out to central Washington, and, and you have to take like, you know, two hours of dirt roads to get to this little place that we stay. It's like isolated from everything. It's great. We're not good neighbors when we go. No, just kidding. We have no neighbors. Uh, so um, it's great. We go to this place, but um, it gets really, really dark at night. And I remember one time the power went out at our little place, and it was like weird. It was eerie, it was so dark. And uh, I was just thankful for flashlights, but it's just like, you don't know what's out there, right? There could be bears out there. So, um, so uh, you can imagine this village or neighborhood that, that Jesus lived in just being completely dark at night. And you could imagine how a single flame could change that, that you could see a flame from miles away. You could see a, a, a single flame would, would carry, like light would carry. The sky's not, you know, the clouds aren't bouncing off city lights or anything like that. So, so a single flame you could see from a mile away. And it would illuminate. What they do, they had these little um, boat-shaped um, lamps. or They almost looked like teapots. And they were filled with olive oil. They'd light them, and they'd put them in one place in the house, the lampstand, where it would give light to the whole house. It would give light to the whole house. And that's, that's what it was meant to do, but not just on the inside. If you had that light in your house, obviously your neighbors or, or other people could see that light. So the question to answer about this is, well, what does light have to do with uh, loving our neighbors as ourself? Um, I think what we need to do is, is to look at what is the purpose of light? What, what is the purpose of light? And, and the answer is going to amaze you, okay? It's profound. The purpose of light is to be seen. Whoa. 
Like, aren't you, uh, aren't you guys glad you came? You're learning so much this morning. It's to be seen. The purpose of light is to be seen. It, it, it's, it's, that, it's that when there's light, you can see clearly. When there's light, you can see the person in front of you in their, in their facial expressions. When there's light, you don't, have to, you don't have to crawl around and try to find your way. And how that correlates to our neighborhood is that you are meant to be a light in your neighborhood. You are meant to be a channel of God's light to your neighbors. And as a light, you exist so that others can see. So that others can see who God is. Wow, this, that wind is like crazy, man. There's, we're all gonna, it's like a Wizard of Oz. We're all just going <laughs> to blow away here. Um, as a light, you act as a guide for, uh, for others. Light is a guide. You wouldn't start a hike at night without a flashlight, right? Like, you, you're going to end up, like, running off a cliff. You're going to end up getting eaten by a bear. I mean, there's so many things that could go wrong if you try to, if you try to move in the dark. Uh, maybe you've tried that, um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's not very successful. Um, in the house, it looks like stepping on a Lego at night and screaming. Um, I don't scream. But, uh, so light also reveals danger. That's the other thing about light. Like we're talking about bears and cliffs and Legos. Like, uh, light, light reveals danger. It lets you know the risks that are ahead so that you can go around those risks. And, and as neighbors, we're, our lives are a light to other people that they show, show other people to live this way, to, to live in a different way, um, than maybe they have in the past. And, and it could look like uh, a lot of different things. It could, it could just be the way that you love your spouse and your kids. It could just be the way that, that you, uh, you talk about others with honor. Um, it could be uh, in simple acts of care that you do for a neighbor. All those things uh, shed light. So understanding ourselves as the light of the world, it helps us understand our call to love our neighbors. Now, I want to clarify something. What we, what we don't do is we're not, God didn't send us out to, uh, to hit our neighbors over the head with truth. He didn't, he didn't say that. He, he, he said to, to live this out and, and love our neighbors. Let that love be a light and a guide and, and, and a warning of danger to, to our neighbors. Someone said this. They said, you know, we don't love our neighbors to convert them. We love our neighbors because we are converted, because, because we, we've been loved, because we've experienced the love of God. We love our neighbors. So, of course, we want people to come to know Christ, but we don't go out and love our neighbors as, as, uh, with ulterior motives. We just do it because we've been loved. We just do it because we've been loved. Um, we love our neighbors, and we'll allow God opportunities to, uh, to speak or for us to share our story as we get to know our neighbors. You know, we love without expecting things back. So here in this passage, Jesus brings, back, brings up a problem. You know, you are a light of the world, but there's a problem that we all face. We all face this problem. The, the real problem that we all face is this. We're the light of the world, but we hide. We're the light of the world, but we hide. As lights, we hide ourselves. You know, Jesus says to people, don't light a lamp and put it under a bowl. 
So back then, you know, lights took a long time to light. You can imagine um, trying to light something without a match. I know I did that in like a wilderness adventure thing. It took like three hours to, to light something. It's no fun. I'm glad I live in this century. Um, but you can imagine it takes a long time to light, light a lamp. And, uh, you know, if it takes you that long to light a lamp, would you then just cover it and smother that, that lamp out? It wouldn't make sense, right? It doesn't make sense to, to, to smother a light that you worked so hard uh, to, uh, to get going. You know, and I know we can all relate to hiding from people in some way or another. I know if you're like me, you've, you've uh, purposefully avoided people, maybe even with a smile on your face, but we all have this tendency um, to want to hide. Um, and I don't know what the cause is for you. Um, there's a lot of reasons we hide. Sometimes it's fear. Um, sometimes it's laziness. Like we just, we just want to do our own thing. Um, and sometimes, um, sometimes it's more simple than that. Sometimes it's just because we're, we're too busy. We've got too much going on. A guy named John Ortberg said this, and I love this. Um, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. The reason why hurrying is so dangerous is because love and hurry are fundamentally incompatible. Love always takes time, and time is the one thing hurried people don't have. Do you get that? Do you live your life in a hurry? Can we just have a confession time this morning? I am a hurried person. Like, we live our lives in a hurry. Why? Why do we live our lives in a hurry? The question is, is your hurry causing you to hide? Is your hurry causing you to hide from your neighbors instead of loving them? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Guys, hang on tight, okay? The ship will land eventually here. Wow, man. Um, so this is, this is my confession. Um, in our old neighborhood, there was, there was a lady who lived alone across the street from us. Um, she used to sit in a chair on her front lawn, um, and she'd watch our kids. She used to, she used to go out and smoke and, and watch our kids. She was often, most of the time, she was alone. And she'd sit, and we'd wave and smile. And, and she'd, uh, she'd watch our kids play, and she'd have this grin on her face, like she was just really enjoying it. So, so one day I just went to talk to her and introduce myself. I introduced myself and I, I found out that her name is Cindy um, and that her husband had passed away a couple years ago and she was still living in the house. And it was apparent that she was pretty lonely. She was a pretty lonely lady. But she did, did say, oh, I just love watching your kids play. And, and so I ended the conversation. I said, you know, if there's anything you need, let us know. We're just right across the street. But I kind of left it at that. You know, and, and I went back to, to life. And, 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 and life looked like getting wrapped up in work and kids and, and all this stuff. And, and, and what my relationship with Cindy ended up looking like was like the, the neighbor wave, right? Everybody knows the neighbor wave. Hey, how you doing? And then, and then ducking into the house. And she'd always wave back. But really, in my heart, I didn't feel like I had margin to, to, to really pursue Cindy or to, to see how she's doing. I was too busy and caught up in, in what I was doing. And so one evening we had friends over and we were just hanging out and then we heard, we heard sirens in our neighborhood. 
And of course, I, I, I look outside, and, and the sirens are right outside of Cindy's house. And I, and I was, uh, you know, instantly really worried. And I, I um, went to check on it, and, and apparently she had had a stroke, and they took her to the hospital. And then we found out later that week that she actually ended up passing away. And in that moment, God hit me like a ton of bricks. It, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was this, this wake-up moment for me that I couldn't justify ignoring my neighbors, that I couldn't justify in myself that, that to, to leave uh, my calling to my neighbors alone. And so that time for me after, after Cindy died, it was, a, it was a confession time. I confessed to my wife and, and to God, like, God, I, I messed this up. I, I didn't do what you asked me to do. I, I, I stopped at being a nice guy. I didn't actually go and, and actually um, love my neighbors. So it was this wake-up moment for me, and that value of love your neighbor as yourself became really real in that moment. You know, I, I don't know what, what your reasons might be, whether you're too busy or, or, or what, but, but do you have someone like a Cindy in your life that, that you see, and, and maybe they're, they're alone or there's something, and, and, but you just don't have the margin or the space in your life to make that, make that connection? We all have people who are kind of hanging out on our periphery, on our sidelines, who, who, who we, we uh, because of the busyness and craziness of life or, or because of what we're going through in and, and, and ourselves, like we kind of put on the sidelines. Hiding from those God wants us to love is a, is a dangerous trap to fall into. Um, we all have the bulls that we use to smother that light. And sometimes, real practically, they look like our, our homes, they look like our cars, um, they look like boats. Um, you know, I, can, uh, I confessed at that moment that I, I had not made myself available to my neighbors. Here I was trying to make a difference in all these different places, but I had failed to, to make myself available. You know, sometimes those waves, what those waves really mean is, man, I just don't have time right now. <laughs> Sorry, I got something I'm doing. I got I to gotta go. You know, it means I don't have time for you right now. And so what, I, what we're asking you to do with neighboring is go, go deeper than the wave. Go deeper than, than being the nice person and really love your neighbors. There's a danger in not loving your neighbor. There's, a, there, there's some danger just for us. Outside of, uh, of not living into what God wants you to do, there's, you know, things happen to us when we, uh, when we don't love our neighbors. Um, one thing is that, that when, when we hide, we isolate from our neighbors. The longer we hide from our neighbors, the more and more isolated we become. The more and more isolated we are, the more self-focused we become. You know, we get into our own routines with family and friends, and, uh, but we don't really get to know the people who are right there around us. And, um, you know, that can look, you know, that can, that can mean loneliness. That can mean being, being in your house alone when, when God wants you to have this community and this connection with your neighbors. The second thing that happens is we fear our neighbor. We can fear our neighbor. Often what we don't know, we, we fear. Or we become wary of our neighbors and they become wary of us. You know, I lived in a neighborhood at one point where it was really weird. Like neighbors just did not talk at all. They did not connect. And, and I remember just like it got 
it got to a strange point where people would avoid eye contact and they treated each other like, like we, you know, we were invisible. And I wonder if that was sort of this fear that, that, that we just let simmer, we just let sit, and it became this distrust of, uh, of other people. Ultimately, the problem with fear is that uh, it, it overcomes our ability to be compassionate. Like, that's the key to this whole thing. Does God, do we have the compassion of Jesus for those who are immediately around us? Uh, Jesus says this in Matthew 9, 36. It says, when he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were weary and worn out, like a sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saw people as weary and worn out, that, that, that they were lost, that they, that, that, that they needed someone to come in and absorb them and help lead them to life. And his heart broke for these people. When, when we don't have that margin or when we fear our neighbors, we, we, we kind of shut that compassion out. And that's not what God wants to do. He, God wants us to do. He wants us to have compassion, have his compassion uh, for our neighbors. Um, the third thing that can happen is, uh, is that we misunderstand our neighbor. It's just we misunderstand them. You know, everyone has a story. Everyone has brokenness. Everyone has a battle that they're fighting, and that includes your neighbors. Um, if we don't know our neighbors and their story and what they're going through, we can easily misunderstand them. We can easily judge them for the pink house or the pink car that they drive. Um, you know, but the walls come down. Walls come down when we take the time to hang out and get to know uh, our people. It's harder. You know, it's easier to judge people than to love people. But, but the walls come down when we choose to, to get to know our neighbors, to listen, and to care. Uh, my wife, Bonnie, is a hero for me in, in this. She, she is the best listener ever, to, especially to, to, to people that, that, that like don't, you don't automatically want to listen to. She just does this amazing, has this amazing ability to, to learn people's stories. Uh, when we were living in Portland, we were in this um, uh, apartment complex, and um, there were some interesting characters in this in this complex. And there were um, two different women who were dealing with some some pretty serious issues: um, depression, paranoia, and addiction. And um, Bonnie just had them over for tea. She just had them over for tea, and she just listened, and and she she began to understand like what these women had grown up in, that they had grown up in in abusive homes, and that they they had seen really difficult things and experienced difficult things, and it, and it changed our perspective uh, on our neighbors. And the beautiful thing of those relationships is when those uh, women got into trouble, they called the people they trusted, and the person they trusted was Bonnie. And they asked Bonnie for help. They asked Bonnie to help them in, in their most difficult times and their most awkward situations. And that's the kind of love that, that inspired me. So guys, I don't know where you're at with all this. I don't know um, if you're in a place where you're, you're compelled and, and wanting to take a next step. Um, if you're encouraged because you do this, because you, you, uh, you, you naturally look for your neighbors. Um, or if, if you're not sure yet. Uh, if this is something that you want to pursue. Um, but I believe that, that the world is waiting for us to step up, that the world is waiting for us to step up in a real way, and that if we, if we, we commit to loving our neighbor as ourselves, that it will have a tremendous impact on our community.
So what I want to offer today is some first steps uh, that we can take towards loving our neighbor as ourselves. Um, some first steps that we can take to kind of get us in the, the right direction. Um, my youngest son just took his first steps two weeks ago, and it was a, a beautiful thing. He was the one kid who were like, man, is this kid ever going to like take steps? Is he ever going to walk? And you, you should have seen, he had this huge grin on his face. You know, every time he walks now, it's just like, look what I can do. I, I'm, I'm awesome. I'm a, I'm a Jedi. You know, I'm, I'm cool. He's, he's got all this confidence when he, can, when he, when he gets up and, and he walks. So, so today what I want to do is, is offer some first steps, real practical steps uh, that we can take to engage our neighbors. Um, so the first step we can take is, is really simple. Uh, it's almost as simple as uh, a light is meant to be seen. This is, this is pretty simple. Um, but yet we, we miss this one so often. And, and the first step that we can take is, uh, and hopefully there's a slide for this. Uh, <laughs> the first step we can take is to, to introduce yourself. Wow. Introduce yourself. I'm sure we all have neighbors that we haven't introduced ourselves to yet. There's neighbors that you have that, that you probably don't know their name yet. And if you're in a situation where maybe it's been like three years and you still don't know, know your name, the, the longer it's been, the more awkward it is, right? <laughs> Say, oh, hey, hi, I'm, I'm uh, so-and-so. Um, but that's the first step. All you do when you introduce yourself is you share your name and you learn their name. Easy, right? You just learn a name. And, and uh, for some, this might be easy for you. You're an extrovert. For some, this might be difficult because you're a little more introverted. Um, but, but that's a simple step that we can take. We can just introduce ourselves. And so I want to show you a simple tool that you can use. And I want to say that this, we're not starting a campaign here. So we're not like, everybody go home and do this and you know anything like that. This is a simple tool uh, that you can use. Um, and it's called the block map like a city neighborhood block map. Um, can we show that on the screen? You actually have a card in your, uh, in, in your program with this map on it. Um, some would call this the map of shame. <laughs> and that is not the goal today at all. We are all, you know, kind of moving towards this. But um, the idea is that, you know, see the square where it says you are here. So imagine that's your house. That's where you live. That's uh, whether it's a, it's a house or an apartment or, or a condo, uh, just whatever it is, we're, you can adjust this to your own uh, environment. So um, you're there. So all the squares on this tic-tac-toe board around you, are, are there are people on your sides, uh, there are people in, who live in front of you. There are people who live behind you. Um, my, my block doesn't like fit in this real nicely. I've got like a couple vacant lots and a, a house that's empty. And, and so I have to adjust this like down the street. So just adjust it to whatever your neighborhood looks like. But just think, who are the, who are the, people, who are the eight people or the eight families um, that live closest to me? Now, if you want to do this this morning, you can. Um, Write their names in those squares. Write their names in those squares. Sometimes we, we might not know names. The first time I do this, it was, I did this, it, it was the map of shame for me. It's like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know. Like, I know like two neighbors. And uh, 
The idea is, okay, so for the neighbors that you don't know, find out their names. Just take this home with you. Don't hang it on your fridge because that might weird out your neighbors. Like if you, you, they came by and here you are like, what's your name? Uh, okay, um, that might be weird. Um, so don't do that. But, but you know, make, it a, make an effort to get to know the names of your, of your neighbors. Find out, write, write it down. And maybe even, you know, if you have time, write down like, what are some things that you could pray for? What are, the, what are some struggles that your neighbors are going through? And take that car, you can, you can pray for your neighbors. You can pray for your neighbors. And it's amazing how simple this step is, um, but yet it's such a, a powerful way to get started. It's, it's about being intentional. Like, I'm, I'm really going to make an effort uh, to get to know my neighbors. You might want to do it with banana bread. If anyone, if I live by anybody, I, I like banana bread. But um, you know, you might just, you know, you might just want to take this and 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 uh, yeah, start finding out names, introduce yourself. Um, there's something powerful about a name. When you don't know someone's name, it's a little bit of a barrier. Like if you need to ask for something and you don't know someone's name, it's a little awkward, right? Excuse me, what's your name? Okay, great. I need to help with with this. Uh, when you know someone's name, it gives you, uh, it, it starts that relationship. It, it kind of uh, t- takes a barrier down to, uh, to really get to know people. So that's, that's one thing that you can do is just simply um, introduce yourself. And like I said, we, we're, we're doing this, hopefully you're hearing love coming from here and not like a, a sense of duty. Like we, we really want to do this because we want to become mature followers of Christ. We want to follow Christ in, in everything we do, and this is one way where we can, uh, we, we can follow him. So um, that's the first thing, is to introduce yourself. The second thing that you can do, the second step that you can take is, is this, is you can lead with deeds. I like the rhyme there, lead with deeds. I want to explain that because it sounds a little salesy, right? I'm not, this is not a sales thing at all. Um, I want to point out what Jesus says in Matthew 5.16. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That they may see. I like that it says that they may see and not that they may hear. You know, it's not just about like sharing your, your theology or sharing how smart you are or your stance on everything. It's like people need to see something to believe it, right? People need to see something to believe it. And so this, this verse is a challenge that we would actually like take time uh, to figure out ways to bless our neighbors, to figure out ways to, to love our neighbors. And I think the best way we, ways we can love our neighbors is in real practical things. Real practical things. You know, it's not that we dictate how to bless our neighbors. We get to know our neighbors to figure out how to bless them. We get to know our neighbors so that, that we know, hey, they're struggling financially. Maybe I can offer, you know, have offer dinner, offer leftover food. Maybe I can, um, you know, help with, uh, you know, maybe... Maybe if they don't have time, maybe I can offer to, you know, take out the, the trash for them or, or whatever. There's a, a bunch of different things that you can do. And I got to tell you, like, um, I had a neighbor once that put me to shame in this category. Maybe you, maybe you can resonate with this. Here I am trying to be a, a good Christian and, and to, to love my neighbor as myself, and I'm being out-neighbored by this other guy. Uh, I made up the word out-neighbored, by the way. So, 
But he was always out neighboring me. You know, when we first moved in, he was the first one to introduce himself. Hey, I'm Wade. If you need anything at all, let us know. We want to, you know, we, we want to help however we can. Um, I'm not a very mechanical guy. I don't know. You probably, if you spent much time with me, you'd know that. I'm not a very mechanical guy, but he's like, hey, you know what? Um, I'll, take the, uh, I'll take the training wheels off your daughter's bike for you. You know, and he's in the yard. He drops what he's doing and, and helps us out. Um, whenever we were out of town, he offered to feed our cat and pick up the mail for us. Um, you know, and whenever, whenever Wade had people over to his house, he always came over. He's like, hey, I'm going to have um, some people over. And is it okay if they park in front of your house? Like he was just a very conscientious guy. And, uh, you know, there was a point where I was like, man, Wade, you know, thank you for being, you know, for, for helping us in so many different ways. And, and he said, like, well, that's what being a neighbor is all about. It's like, oh, man, <laughs> putting me to shame, Wade, come on. I was, you know, you kind of get frustrated when, you, uh, when you're trying to do something and, and uh, you know, someone, someone's already doing it better. Um, but church, my hope for us is that we could learn to be like Wade. Uh, that we could we could learn to out, be out neighbor, not a competition, but just just love more than any other neighbor on the block. And and it may me may look like carving up your schedule so that you can make time to just be available, just be available at home or go for walks and stop and and talk to people. Um, I want to be the type of people that if if uh, if we left the neighborhood, that people would miss us. That if we left the neighborhood, the neighborhood would feel it. That they would be like, oh man, you know, we God's God's put us where He has us so that we can be these pillars of light in our neighborhood. So the goal is to really love our neighbors in these real practical, practical ways. So a good place to start is just praying for your neighbors and talking to your neighbors and and finding out what is their story, where are the where are the gaps that that maybe I can help or be in, be focused on blessing. So that's, that's the second thing. And the third step um, that I want to share today is this. And it's, it also is hopefully really simple. The third step is to stick around. Stick around. So um, Dan shared this verse last week, Acts 27, 17. Or maybe it's 17, 27, and I wrote it wrong. I don't know. But um, it said, uh, From one man he made all nations, so that they would inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that people would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. God, has, God might be moving us right now, by the way. Um, God, God has put us where we live uh, for a reason. It's not a mistake that you live where you live. God calls his people to live strategically so that others can, can find him. The image of someone trying to, trying to kind of reach and, and climb towards God, it almost makes it like we're, we're a handle that some, somebody can, can, can grab as they search for God. You know, everybody is searching for God. Everybody is pursuing, you know, what is truth? There's these questions that we all, all of humanity has to wrestle with. And God put us in our neighborhood so that people could find out who God is. It's not a mistake. We're the lights that guide. And I also think there's power to committing and staying in one place. 
Just like there's, there's power in going into all the world and all creation and, and, and all over the place on mission for God, there's also power in committing to a place. You know, there's, a, there's that phrase like, come hell or high water, I'm going to be here. In a sense, that's like what we commit to. Like, whatever happens in this neighborhood, I will be here. I'm staying here. Like, no matter what, what, um, how this community fluctuates or whatever it's going through, like, we'll be here. You know, some, I, I talked to a guy one time who was talking about his neighborhood, and he called his, his neighbors uh, yo-yos. Like, oh, they're always in and out and in and out and in and out and in and out. And as he was talking about his neighbors, I was like, I'm a yo-yo. Oh, my gosh. Like, I've got to, you know, like, I've got to commit to a place. I think it's easier now than ever to be everywhere and nowhere at the same time. We can, we can be all caught up in all these different places because we can drive and, you know, we have uh, social media and all these different things. And it's easy to be everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Um, sticking around and committing to a place is, is powerful. It's profound. It's, it's, uh, you get to be sort of this pillar of love in your neighborhood um, as you stay there and the longer you're there. You know, that's one of the reasons we, we've, we've talked about planning this church in Blaine. We're moving towards planning a church in Blaine because uh, we want to be in our neighborhoods. We want to be more present in our neighborhoods. I, uh, I talked to somebody who's a, who was a volunteer uh, for Parks and Rec, and um, they said, yeah, you know, I was, uh, I was going to North Bay until they moved out of Blaine. And it's like, well, why, why won't you just come down the street? It's like, ah, I don't know. It's, it's too far. It's not in my community. And the idea is we need to be in our community. We, we have a call and we can live in a profound way simply by being in, with, and for our community, our neighborhood. You know, we don't want to just hide in our, in our home or our car. Like, we want to be, be in and with and for our community. So uh, as we close, I want the, the worship team to, uh, to come up. I wanted to give you some real practical ways to translate this, this, this burden for your neighborhood into action. Um, there's a phrase that's been going around uh, CTK for years. It's, change isn't change until something changes. Change isn't change until something changes. If we don't take a step, nothing will change. And so my challenge for you today is to, is to take that step, whatever it looks like, whether it's, it's filling that card out, whether it's, it's talking to one person, this week. If, if, you're, if you're moved to talk to one person, that's a, that's a step. And my, my challenge is, is this today, and it's, it's the sermon in a sentence. It's don't hide love. Don't hide, semicolon, love. Love instead. You know, you're going to have opportunities this week to, uh, to hide. And I want you to remember that, that when, when you're there, that God is calling you to love. So if, if, you, can, if you can remember, don't hide Love, I think that will make a world of difference. You know, if you are following Christ, he calls you the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And how powerful it would be if, if we got used to not hiding. If we got used to, to not hiding, but, but letting that light shine out into our community, letting that light shine into, in, into hurt and pain and being a source of hope for people. Being a source of light for people. So my encouragement to you is to, is to take a step. Just take that one step that you need to take towards loving your neighbor as yourself. 
God will use that. God will use that love. Like when we obey an inch, God comes a mile to meet us. And so my prayer as we, as we wrap up is that, that we, could, we could better live this out, that we could better live out loving our neighbors as ourselves. Let's pray. God, I'm thankful for the simplicity of love your neighbor as yourself. I'm thankful that to follow you, it doesn't have to be rocket science. Um, to follow you, it doesn't have to be complex. That, that I, can, I can follow you by simply loving people more than myself. God, I pray that as we walk out into our community and our neighborhoods um, this week, God, that you would, by the Holy Spirit, give us power to take a step that you'd give us power to, to, to get to know a name or to um, encourage someone or to, or, or to just let people know that we're thinking about them, God. Would you help us to take a step into our community? Maybe there's a person like, like Cindy who's sort of on our periphery, God, who, who you've kind of put in our hearts to reach out to, who to, see, to seek out for, God, to, to pursue a relationship with, God. Would you, would you give us that name, today, God. Lord, and if we're in a hurting, broken place ourselves, God, I pray that you would lift us up. God, I pray that you would lift us up. We, this might feel so difficult because we're in such a tough situation. And God, I pray that you would meet us in our situation, God, that you give us pa- the, the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome, God, what it, what's going on so that that in itself can be a light. Lord, you call us the the light of the world, and that is so challenging, God. But I pray that that it would be, it it would happen, God, that we we would live into that, God. Lord, I'm thankful for for how you move and work and and are are active in every one of our lives, God. Lord, help us to, to follow you, God, wherever you call us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.